Hello guys, Alexandra Diamoyaboui for the last part of our third installment with Caridas Solo, CEO of Kula App, a South African startup company disrupting the agribusiness industry. Here's a reminder. Unajua is about offering minimal actionable responses in about 15 minutes or less. You can check our special episodes with Andrew Berkowitz, CEO of Social Stack, unpacking our partnership with African Tech Roundup. Yes, we'll soon be launching tokens. This, we believe, will be a great way to interact with you the listeners, and for the OGs, to reward your loyalty. According to the Oxford Business Group report, Africa is home to 60% of the world's arable land. Agriculture is one of the top economic sectors for the continent and employs 14% of the population in sub-Saharan Africa. We've asked for questions about the supply chain. What is really wrong with the African supply chain? How do we fix it? How do we level the playing field for new entrants? You do have one bonus question at the end. When we started Kula, we did not have the idea up front. The idea was to really observe how farmers go about their daily business. And I think the issues in the supply chain are really captured by the experience of one of our farmers. And this farmer is based around Soweto. And the only way that a farmer like him can really sell their products consistently and reliably and into a fair market is something called the fresh produce markets. And South Africa has some of the biggest in the world. And essentially, he harvests his products and he takes it to this fresh produce market. And I can't tell you, my first trip there felt like I was at the stock exchange in 1945 or in 1955, because it's just a big scramble of hawkers and produce buyers kind of scrambling for the freshest product. And it was unbelievable to me that in this day and age, this was still happening. So Daniel is a farmer who plants spinach, and he has some of the best spinach I've ever seen. And the only way that Daniel can sell his spinach reliably and sustainably is at the fresh produce markets. And he takes his spinach there in the morning, very early in the morning or the day before, and his spinach is sold on consignment at the market, meaning that by taking his spinach to the fresh produce markets, his spinach is not guaranteed to sell. So there's no certainty that his spinach is going to sell. If it does not sell, it is not the market's problem. It's actually his problem. And he will only find out the price that that spinach is going to go for on that particular day. So the market agent will tell him that, hey, your spinach today sold for three rand 50 per bunch, sold for four rand or sold for two rand um, per bunch. But then the issue there is that they work on an average price model. So the market will say the average price for today was three rand 50, which means the agent on the floor could have actually sold his spinach for seven rand. They could have actually sold his spinach for eight rand and then communicate back to him and say, no, the average price today is three rand fifty. And I think where it really hit us was when we started playing detective. So we decided to be mini detectives and started following where does Daniel's spinach end up and where does the spinach or the agricultural produce of all these emerging farmers actually end up. And you find that there's these major middlemen that have the contracts with the formal market and all they do is pick up the spinach at the fresh produce market and then they go and they deliver it over to the formal market. And one scenario that really captured this for us is one big aggregator. All they do is basically drive five kilometers from the fresh produce market and they deliver the spinach in an office block and they buy it for three rand, but they then go on to sell it for 11 rand to that particular canteen. 
In some cases, the spinach will go to an agro-processor, and what they will do, they'll take the bunch of spinach, they'll split it into two, they will package it, and then they will on-sell it to a supermarket for 15 rand, for 16 rand. And then you and me, as the end customer, when we buy our spinach at the shops or at the supermarket, we buy it for 29 rand, or we even buy it for 36 rand if it's a high-end retailer. And what this means, because the bunch was split into two, you have 72 rand worth of value that was created from Daniel's spinach, but Daniel only got 3 rand 50 of that entire value chain. And not only that, he still has to pay a fee to the physical market, which is about 7.5%, and then an additional fee of about 5% to the agent. So on the small 350 share, on the 72 rand, he's still paying about 12.5% in fees. You look at what he pays on logistics, it's much higher. And overall, the winner in the chain is the middlemen that hold the contracts with the big formal market. And I think this one scenario sort of encapsulates um, the, the chain or the supply chain across Africa, where essentially you have a lot of middlemen kind of winning the race. They don't take the risk of hail. They don't take the risk of planting. They don't take the risk of things going wrong, the, the risk of paying labor up front. But in the entire chain where 72 Rand was created, the role player that makes sure the spinach is good, that it's quality, that takes all the risk, still gets the smallest portion of that entire chain. And I think the story of Daniel really sort of encapsulates what is exactly um, what is wrong is that we need to find a way to help farmers get better value for their products, to get the farmer as close as we can to the end point so that the farmer can retrieve good value for their products. And that's the main issue with the supply chain is that it's disconnected and it's very ambiguous. And because it's ambiguous, it allows middlemen to thrive because they sit in between the farmer and the end market. And one of the goals we're going for at Kula is to help the farmer engage directly with the end market, allow them to have certainty on price so that by the time they put seed on the ground, they know where that spinach is going to go, how it's going to get there, and what price is going to go for because they play the biggest role. And it's unfair that they get the least in that, in that entire value chain. And it's part of why Africa is still a hand-to-mouth exercise. In terms of access to markets, at Kula, we've really been looking at, you know, you look at Daniel's story, we're putting our farmers in a position where they must not sell their products on consignment. So we've built a platform that links farmers and buyers directly, right? Meaning that they are able to have the conversation on price. Because remember, farmers are not marketers. You know, once a farmer begins to be a marketer and they're going out looking for products, it takes away from the agricultural, yeah, the, the agricultural work that they need to do. So we've built a platform where farmers don't sell on consignment. We give them access to big buyers or big commercial buyers that they otherwise would not have access to. And they can engage and discover price with those buyers and discuss terms, trade terms and so forth. And then only when they've settled, then the farmer can go and harvest. But at the point where they're harvesting, they know that this spinach that I'm harvesting now is going to sell for this particular price. The second point is deal flow and trust. A lot of deals don't happen in agriculture because if a new buyer comes to a farmer and says, hey, I want to buy 10 tons of your product, the farmer wants money up front because the farmer does not trust that the buyer is going to pay. And then in reverse, the buyer does not trust that the farmer is going to deliver 
the quality that is needed. And one of the cool things that we've worked into our fresh produce marketplace is that we allow the farmer and the buyer to have that trade. We've built a really cool proprietary software um, that allows the farmer and the buyer to engage and that kind of gives certainty to the farmer that the buyer is going to pay, that gives certainty to the, um, to the buyer that the farmer is going to deliver and makes provisions for when things do not go particularly as planned. And even from a pricing perspective, we're putting the farmer in a position where they can determine their own price and they can discover the pricing with the buyer. It is not the role of cooler for any middleman to be setting price or acting on behalf of the farmers because the farmers know exactly what they want. And if you look at Daniel's story, if Daniel could talk directly to the canteen where his spinach ends up, if he could talk directly to the supermarket where his spinach ends up. So ultimately, it's not the role of cooler to be a middleman. It's not the role because we, then we would not be fixing the problem. We would be making the problem worse. So the role of tech and the role that we're playing as cooler is to essentially allow the buyer and farmer to engage together. We are an enabler. We are a platform for them to discover price and to discuss deal terms. And we're now putting the farmer in a position where the farmer is getting an order from buyer one for X amount. They're getting an, off, an order from buyer two for Y amount, buyer three for uh, Z amount, allowing the farmer to then make the optimal decision and sell their products for the best value possible. At the moment, even the commercial farmers that are bigger and that are making more uh, money are tied down with sort of individual buyers because they want the assurance that their product is going to move. But you want to put the farmer in the position where they can find the best deal uh, possible for their particular product. And if you look at the price journey and the example that I made with Daniel, you want to get Daniel as close as possible to the agro-processor, as close as possible to the end, uh, you know, the, the supermarket, as close as possible to the end to the end buyer and allowing you know, a farmer to essentially get the value, best value possible because of the role that they play. But not only allowing farmers access to market, because everybody talks about the buzz phrase of access to market. Um, access to market is not going to happen without proper logistics. You know, and not every farmer has a fully certified truck for logistics that a buyer might be able to require. You want to be able to give them access to those trucks. And basically, essentially, all that goes into an order, be it lugged and the various services that go into them having a successful delivery, you want to allow that to happen because there's no need for a farmer to be incurring huge upfront costs and buying an expensive truck when there are major logistics companies that are looking for business. And at Kula, we want to enable these farmers to essentially have access to that. And the, the access to market problem really begins with connecting the right farmers and the right buyer. And perhaps one way to think about it, it's almost like Tinder. You're trying to find a buyer who has specific requirements and match them with their soulmate, which is a farmer that can meet those particular requirements. But now you're putting a lot more value on this role player that is the farmer. And in doing this, we can move African agriculture away from this hand-to-mouth mindset that it currently is, where you can give a farmer, wherever they are in the world, the opportunity to even sell to a buyer that may be on the other side of the world. Because if you look at the climates in the West, you know, you've got snow, We've got these intense climates that don't allow certain crops to grow. And we have a real big opportunity on our hands where we've got really good conditions um, that allow us to grow certain products. And the goal is to get to a point where the farmer 
can really sell directly to someone who's sitting on the other side of the world without the logistical hassle that they have to go through. In terms of leveling the playing field for new entrants, it is really about demystifying. So one of the things we've realized coming into the industry is that the incumbents stay incumbents and the the big middlemen stay as big middlemen because everything is these demystified. So they'll talk about global gap certification. And it sounds like this big animal that's going to bite you up and it's going to cost you millions of rands to, to get it, you know. They will talk about, you know, spec. They'll talk about various things that are scary to guys who are still coming in and are looking at those big words and they sound scary. So you want, you want to demystify them to say, actually, this is what this means. When they say you need global gap certification, it means you, you need to store your chemicals in this way. It means you need to follow this particular farming practice, but allow basically demystifying that whole process, even for someone who's just entered, who does not necessarily have agricultural experience to understand what it means. And then once they understand what it means, you want to give them access to the tools and the resources they need. So when you're saying you need to plant with this particular certified chemical, here's where you can get it. You can get it right here. The chemical is available here. If you need this particular advisor, in order for you to get global gap, here it is. And by demystifying it, the reason why it's mystified, the reason why it's unclear, the reason why it's for industry experts in inverted commas is because it, it works for them. So that and lack of clarity, that lack of understanding allows the incumbents to stay incumbents. And what we want to do at Kula is to, one, demystify these concepts, and then after demystifying them, allow farmers to access the products and the services they need easily from their phone. That way you're creating efficiency and you're allowing new entrants to see value in the industry. And ultimately, a new entrant wants to look in from the outside. That's why I'm saying the PR people, I'm sure they're not real people, but the PR people for agriculture have really been doing a poor job. And we need to now share these stories, you know, of young people who left their jobs, went and started a farm, planted some fruits, and were able to easily buy the products they need, access the services, and at the end of the day, be able to sell their products. Because as a continent, that's our biggest competitive advantage. Our competitive advantage is agriculture. No one has more land, than arable land, than we do. No one has more you know, active farmers than we do, yet it's still a hand-to-mouth situation. And the beauty of agriculture is that it speaks to unemployment. You know, a lot of tech revolutions actually are reducing unemployment. And the farm, you still need real hands. You need real people kind of working on the farm. So it speaks to some of the goals that the continent is trying to reach. But the PR people are letting us down. And I think stories like the story of Kula and the story of various other tech startups that are coming in to help demystify this huge opportunity that we have on our hands, it's important that they put on blast and show young people that this is an opportunity um, that you can be able, you know, to take. If you think about a fruit tree, you know, um, there's an area called Hazy View in South Africa where they plant mangoes. Those mangoes don't even need you to look after them because of the area. Everyone, so if you drop a mango on the, on the ground, a tree is going to grow there. So even if you're a young person, you compare, you know, you starting off on a 20K or on a 30K at a traditional job versus investing in, uh, uh, in, in Hazy View, if you're from Hazy View or in another area and planting a crop that's good for the area, it's a tree at the end of the day. You know, after three or four years, you're going to, you, your entire lineage and your kids' kids can live off of those trees just by taking off, looking after them instead of you working, you know, uh, in a traditional job for years and years. And if you lose that job, 
they're not going to employ your child just because you had that particular job. But agriculture is an opportunity for us to really create wealth. And we need to demystify all these concepts that the industry hides behind. And we need to make the tools and resources accessible for somebody who wants to go in and to do it. And Matt and I come into the industry knowing zero about it. It's a true story that you don't need to know much about it to get in. The ultimate goal that everybody talks about in the West, in here, is that whole farm to fork dream. I think it's one that is very possible, but we need to be intentional about it. And we need to begin to demystify. You know, the fact that you're in Africa with all this arable land, but poverty is still a thing, is still shocking. You know, and I think the world's farm to fork dream is something that can easily be realized, but we need to demystify the myths, take away the big lies about the industry and allow for access because the land is abundant uh, and the opportunities in the industry are abundant. So I think it's going to take us time. It might take us 10 years. It might take us 20 years. But I think we can get closer and closer to that dream by demystifying the supply chain. The supply chain is where it is because the incumbents are making a killing. With very little effort, they're kind of making a really, really big killing. And the idea for us to get to that farm to fork dream, we need to demystify. But even for the people at home who are not necessarily farmers, we need to begin questioning. You know, at Kula, we have this concept of what we call great food. Um, and our concept of great food is not necessarily an A-grade tomato because it's nice, round, shaped, and shiny. But we want to ask people to really ask themselves, if you're biting into your apple, if you could taste the experience of the farmer um, that actually produced that apple, if you could taste the logistics, if you could taste the, just the experience in the supply chain, to really ask yourself, how would that apple actually taste? And we're almost trying to really set a higher standard for great food to not only look at it as just meeting the spec, because a lot of farmers are in huge debt. They are hand to mouth, um, but we're just happy to receive an apple that looks nice um, and shiny without taking, you know, without really questioning the supply chain. I think the role of the general public is really to begin questioning where does our food come from? Um, and the cocoa story, I'm sure, is one story that everybody knows um, of how Africa essentially has the world's cocoa, but we're not, you know, uh, sort of gaining our value from that. But we're just happy to eat a chocolate, you know, just happy to just eat the chocolate without really questioning where that comes from. And I think the challenge to the public is to really embrace this concept of great food and really question where does your food at the end of the day come from? Because in doing that, we can move the continent forward. And I don't think any other industry can make as much change to the state of the continent as agriculture can. And already the fact that 86% of the world's rural communities depend on agriculture for an income should tell you about the reach of the industry and the fact that it can really reach certain areas that other, other industries cannot necessarily reach. It just has a really bad PR. Hey community, let me thank you for your upcoming voice notes and your support on social media. In the upcoming weeks, we'll be interviews in French. We, we are Frenching it up at African Tech Roundup. The vision is still the same, to serve our community, and this time we will include the French-speaking countries of Africa and beyond. You can let us know, more like you can let me know, people you would like to hear from on Unijua or on the Quick Tech Conversations. Do you value our work? Sure you do. Join our Patreon community and help your African Tech Ronda platform remain focused on serving Africa's tech and innovation ecosystem 
with robust independent insight and learning content.